When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cavalry Audio. All right. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. You know, it's been a little bit uh, since we've been online here, and I'll tell you, it's because I hit the COVID train, and we obviously wanted to follow all of our safety protocols, so we took a brief hiatus uh, just to make sure that everybody here was safe. But we're back. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us and for all of your questions. Keep them coming. Uh, You know, follow us uh, below. You know, click on that follow button, and uh, hopefully we can teach you something. And, you know, check out the email link and send us questions. We love hearing from you. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback over the last couple months. Um, and we really invite you to keep bringing them in so we can give you what you're looking for. Today, we are excited to bring the new plastic surgery trends of 2022. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate all the feedback, all the questions that have been sent in, and we are excited to get to it. So again, talking about the amazing trends of 2022, what we are especially seeing here in Beverly Hills. And, you know, just as a a, a preface to this entire conversation, that last year, Americans spent over $9 billion in plastic surgery. So that's in 2020. (laughs) And that was despite an eight week elective shutdown. So, you know, that's 10 months we crushed in nine, $9 billion. That doesn't mean that uh, Dr. Daniel Poor and I did that, but <laughs> we had, it was a very busy year. And, uh, you know, some plastic surgeons called 2021 the heyday of plastic surgery because we saw such an influx. And we thought originally it was probably a combination of things. We were wearing masks. You could hide your face. People were working from home, so you had downtime. And uh, people also saw themselves on Zoom. And believe it or not, some of those cameras are not flattering. They bow the face out a little bit. And so people look at their necks and say, oh, my God, is that what I look like? Um, Well, Sort of. And so it just led to an increase in all these procedures. So Lucky us. Um, we've been very busy for the past two years. Um, even though you know we never want COVID to be around, we're hoping that it ends as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But it seems like COVID is hopefully, and this is wishful thinking, on a downturn. And with that said, I think it's going to reflect how the trends in 2020 
two are going to be. I think it's going to be a little different than last year and the year before. And we're going to go over our take on it and also the take from other plastic surgeons around the country um, that have put some input into what they think is going to happen as well. Sure. And I think it's interesting. I'm going to look at the positives of this in the fact that because of this massive rise in plastic surgery, I think people took a step back and said, now it's me time. Now, you know, I've been working so hard. I've been doing these things. Uh, you know, I don't have the time to take off. I, um, you know, it's not that they needed plastic surgery per se, uh, but some people said, look, I want to start taking care of myself. And a lot of times, uh, you know, it's not only just from the inside out, it's really from the outside in. And so a lot of people feel better when they have some things done. And so, you know, injectables and uh, Botox and some of the non-invasives, you know, really uh, took a dramatic uh, rise. And it also helped that, you know, a lot of people weren't traveling. You're not spending your money elsewhere. You're also getting free money from the, from the government. So there's a lot of of different factors that went into play. And people said, hey, I want to spend money on myself, just like Dr. Lakey just said, mm-hmm. and make myself feel better by looking better. I know um, we did. I think we went up to Remedy Place, that social wellness center up on Sunset. I mean, I, I we would sit there and get IVs and do hyperbaric oxygen and red light therapy. We even did a an ice plunge, which uh, you know was absolutely painful, but uh, it felt uh, it felt absolutely amazing afterwards. Uh, and definitely accomplished. But I think that, uh, you know, we took the opportunity as well for some me time. And it's very true. If you look around in your communities, you see more health centers that pop up that are there to make you healthier. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's just, it, it's the same thing for as plastic surgeons, we're just making you look better to feel better. And there's other places like Remedy Place and other social wellness or health centers. And you'll see more and more of that happening because taking care of yourself should be the utmost priority. So we're going to give you some of the top trends that we see. We look at all the numbers. We check with some of our colleagues that are around the country. Uh, We look in the media. And one of the biggest trends that I think we have noticed uh, is the fact that people want to go more natural. We are starting to see uh, a deflating effect. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think removing fillers in the lips, we see that in the news. Removing implants, uh, we see that in the news as well. Um, I think that what people are looking for is to look refreshed, but not operated on. And if we're saying that in Beverly Hills... Wow, that is a huge deal. Now, our practice is very different than most places. We really do like to give the natural look. So it's been kind of a trend for us forever. However, yesterday, I deflated two different women that I've known for years who've never come to me. And they came in and they said, I got injected elsewhere. I hate the way I look. Everyone can tell I have fillers. I don't want to look like this. Mm-hmm. And I deflated them. And it's, and it's actually pretty easy to deflate fillers. When it's too much filler in there, you put something that's a dissolving solution called hyaluronidase. It just breaks up the hyaluronic acid and it goes away. And you're back to what you look like prior to the fillers. A lot of people are looking for that. And instead of getting injected, they're doing things like Morpheus. They're doing things like microneedling and what, or doing things like radio frequency skin tightening. These things are non-invasive methods that keep you looking exactly the same, but stimulating your own body 
to create more collagen so it fills the face and tightens the face. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about a facelift that I had done and she had fat transfer probably about six years prior and everyone kept telling her, please stop filling your lips. And she's saying, I, I'm not. But the fat really was placed you know, probably too much and placed into the wrong area. So it looked like a big shelf. You know, when you have that Marge Simpson look, it's never good. And it's just a stigma of having a procedure done. So I actually injected uh, bits of Kybella into the area to give that little filtral dimple, Smart. you know, and then also to eliminate some of the fat in the upper lip. And now it just looks so natural. That's actually really smart. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where if... The only thing that becomes very difficult, obviously, are foreign substances like silicone and PMMA and, and things like that. Those have to be cut out. There's, there's no way around it. But when you have- and we're seeing a lot more of that too, but mm-hmm. we'll go back to that. But when you have uh, things that can be removed, like hyaluronic acids or fat or you know some of these fillers, I do think that it's worth trying to make something look a little more natural, even if you have to start over. Even if you eliminate everything in your face and then you start over and have it done by someone who's properly trained and, uh, you know, a board certified plastic surgeon or dermatologist, because, um, you know, it makes all the difference in the world. You can literally rewind the clock on your age, uh, you know, just from your appearance, just by looking natural and symmetric. Absolutely. And just for, for those of you that don't know what Kybella is, Kybella is a... a an injectable um, deoxycholic acid. And what it does is it just melts fat. Mm. When normally the indications for it is under the neck, um, but we can put it anywhere to dissolve fat. Normally you don't want to do large areas, but it's a brilliant idea to dissolve fat in the face. Mm. Moving along. So second biggest trend we've noticed is an increase in body procedures. And I think it's because all of us, while we were sitting at home, working from home, we had the refrigerator right there. And so everybody kind of put on a few extra pounds and maybe you can talk about what you've seen. And you know, it's, it's a combination of two things. One is, um, there was a big pregnancy boom during COVID. Um, a lot of people got pregnant, um, because they, they, there was really not much to do. So making a baby was a good idea. And now we're seeing what's happening after pregnancy a year or two after, and the mommies want makeovers. So we do a a lot of these. And we're going to talk more about this. And But mommy makeovers are big time on the rise. I think they're on the rise around the country. Mm-hmm. People want to fix their post-pregnancy look because they were pregnant, maybe even twice over the pandemic, if they're really working hard. Um, and also what Dr. Lake, you just said, a lot of people have been eating nonstop. Gyms have been closed. <laughs> Even the parks were closed around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't go on a hike if you wanted to because our governor and mayor shut down the parks. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, um, but anyways, long story short, there are a variety of different ways to eliminate fat. Liposuction will, will be definitely always the go-to if it's a surgical procedure and if you're doing multiple areas. If not, we can always do a combination of cool sculpting where we freeze fat and M-sculpt where we tighten and reduce fat. And these are all things that you know most practitioners in your area can have um, and, and they're very, very effective. You know, uh, piggybacking along that, one of the new trends that we see, which is near and dear to our hearts, obviously, because we love working and operating together, is that people are doing more 
multiple procedures at the same time. Finally, people they, are catching on to us. I know. Now they're saying, well, look, now I've got this little bit of downtime. Let's get as much done as we can. Obviously, within reason and safety, but you know, we've seen much more of an increase in doing breast and body with a facelift, breast and body with rhinoplasty. Um, we did two last We did two last week. Yeah, you did I a think- facelift on a, on a young lady and I did her breasts. Actually, two people that flew in from out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they were like, let me just get it all done and then go back to my hometown and take it from there. Definitely. Definitely. Something we've been doing since the beginning of our practice, but I think other people are saying, hey, why not? Let's do as many procedures as we can in one shot and be done with it. And we're lucky enough that we work together. So you have to imagine, um, obviously, there's a limit to how much plastic surgery can be done at one time. But when you have two surgeons working at the same time, we can selectively pick out certain body areas to make sure that if we knock out your core, that you still have legs and arms uh, so you can get in and out of bed. We want to make sure that you can uh, you know, recover and convalesce as quickly as possible. And so the idea is if we're working simultaneously, we get you in and out of the operating room faster. And I think other surgeons are catching on to that. So they talk to their, uh, you know, their fellow or colleague and say, hey, look, I'm going to do this facelift or rhinoplasty. Why don't you do a breast augmentation at the same time? That way it's one anesthetic, one recovery period, and uh, most patients can easily tolerate those things. I like to think of us as the pioneers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. The next, the next topic actually is great. It's right up your alley. Um, and, and I think it's in its own way kind of interesting and funny because when we think about plastic surgery, we think about adults. We always do. You don't think about kids having plastic surgery ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something that's happened over the last couple of years because of Zoom and because the fact that our kids, I mean, and you know this because your kids have been sitting there, mm-hmm. been staring at a TV or a screen doing going to school so they see their own face. And what's going on, John? Well, it's interesting. I th- when you first told me this, I, I thought, what, it's very interesting because kids are now becoming more aware of themselves. And, and one of the most common procedures that we see this trend is ear pinning, or it's called otoplasty. And the real thing is when, you know, kids can be mean. They're teased, and uh, as you grow, especially into those preteen years, and you haven't quite grown into your ears or anything else. And so, you know, especially if there's a prominent ear, there are really three reasons, either you have what's called an underdeveloped antihelical fold. That just means that little second fold of the ear never really formed, and so the ears stick out. If you can have an enlarged conchal bowl, that's the area right where the ear hole is, you know, the external auditory canal. And if that's a little larger, it pushes the ears forward. And the last is uh, an enlarged lobe of the ear. Now, those are three things that create what we call the prominent ear in plastic surgery. And so kids, especially even when you're out and interacting, you're wearing a mask. So what do you see? Eyes, ears, uh, especially when they stand out. And so more and more, we see kids complaining to their parents that they're getting teased. Uh, you know, And it's really a sad thing. And believe it or not, an otoplasty 
is best performed by age five or six. Really important. I was going to ask you this question, but that's what you need to take home from this. Yeah, because you you have to imagine at that point, the cartilage is very malleable. Now, is it a very common adult procedure? Yes, we see that as well, especially now that adults are wearing masks all the time. Um, and it's something that's, you know, I had a patient the other day, I actually just pre-opted him, you know, he's uh, in his early 50s and said, this has been bothering me since I was a little kid and I'm finally really ready to get it done because I feel that wearing the mask pulls them forward even further. Uh, you know, guy. and so he says, you know, my son has the same thing and, and, you know, we're discussing, uh, performing the procedure on his son as well. So I think this is a very real trend. Um, you know, it may have been accelerated by COVID and mask wearing and zoom and everything like that, but you know, it is out there. And, uh, you know, I think that if it is an issue, you know, again, we're not bringing it up to children you know, it, but if it's something that is keeping them from being social, that is keeping them from enjoying themselves during the day with their peers, then it's something to consider. And we'll do a f- full podcast on otoplasty, what mm-hmm. you can expect, what the surgery's like. Um, but we'll move on and talk about more trends of 2022. Male plastic surgery. And, you know, we have done a podcast on this, and I can't impre- you know, impress upon the audience enough. Male plastic surgery has shot through the roof. And I think the olden days where, as I said before, where men age like fine wines is over. We still may do that for those who elect to do that because we have uh, 40% thicker skin. But now, again, with the advent of social media and you know the more in your face that we see, people are saying, well, look, why do our counterparts, our our significant others, females and and everything like that, uh, they get to look better, but we have to age. Why can't we do the same thing? And now we have options. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're undergoing surgery. We do have non-invasive or minimally invasive things to help tighten skin and improve quality skin. And we talked about pigmentation on one of our other podcasts. And so just by reducing some of those things, you take some years off. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest procedures has been something called gynecomastia. Mm-hmm. It's like breast reduction surgery for a man. Um, people that have fullness in their in their chest that really it's something that's bothered them. And now they're like, oh, wow, I can fix this? Because a lot of people didn't know about the options. And interestingly enough, due to social media and due to the internet and due to the fact that a lot of more transparency has become with, with plastic surgery. I mean, perfect example is Marc Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Marc Jacobs, a you know, very well-known designer who had a facelift by a well-known plastic surgeon in, in New York and, and documented his whole plastic surgery journey. So when you're doing that and people are watching it and they're like, wow, look how good he looks. And it only took this much time and I can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot more real. So when a man sees that, says, I can do the same thing and fix the thing that was bothering me, let's say it's my neck or it's my chest or my nose or whatever it is, it just makes it so it's a lot more real. Most, most of the time, if we rewind things five or 10 years ago, men didn't even know what plastic surgery was. Even, of course. You know, the, the term Brotox, giving Botox to men, is something that's become a little more just normal over the last five or 10 years. And it's because there's a lot more transparency. It's so funny. It started off as a punchy phrase, Brotox, and now people come in asking for it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and I just performed a facelift, face and neck lift on a, a 70-year-old male yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Um, he looked you great. Know, and, and so I think that it is more readily accepted. And so people are stepping out of their comfort zone. 
And moving along, again, this, this is the same thing as we talked about earlier. Um, there's going to be a trend, and this is my prayers, uh, that COVID is going to hopefully kind of decline and go away. And when it does, people are going to realize that Zoom life is over. So in, they're going to take their Zoom life and transition it to real life. And that's really going to change. That's the hope anyway. And that's going to change the way people are going to kind of, you know, get everything done. And one of the main, one of the most kind of common procedures for people is going to be something with their nose because they realize that they, they, they want their nose refined. They want it look to look contoured. They want it to look more like a filter on Instagram or Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And there are easy ways to do this. Now, I'm going to pass this along to my the expert of all experts when it comes to rhinoplasty. What are the options? And you know, what are we fixing? How are we doing it? Can you do it simply? Can you do it with just an injection? Sure. I mean, it's listen, this is always patient-specific, but the idea is you have two options, either a non-surgical or liquid rhinoplasty, or a traditional rhinoplasty. And that there are two different categories as well, an open versus closed. And obviously we've gotten into some detail in a previous podcast, but the idea is that we have a, a published study that shows that after rhinoplasty, the average patient looks four years younger. Oh, wow. Now, there's another uh, little tidbit of knowledge that you should have that when we look at someone, our brains naturally take the better half and replicates it. That's why the common phrase, they look better in person. Photos don't do that. Now, your brain is constantly trying to symmetrize someone's face. So if you have rhinoplasty and it becomes much more symmetric, therefore the brain works less and the remaining portions of the face look more symmetric. So that, therefore, symmetry equals youth and that's where we get the four years younger uh, you know, with after rhinoplasty. Appearance, so you know I think that this is a, a big trend, and you know obviously COVID helped because everybody could just throw a mask on and you could recover while this was going on, but eventually we're not going to wear masks anymore. I still think that rhinoplasty is going to be in in either liquid form or in surgical form is still going to continue to increase, just because we see the effect that it can have. Um, it's one of the best ways to symmetrize the face. And if there are any breathing issues or uh, functional issues, you correct those at the same time. So it's kind of a two for one. And along the same kind of spectrum in the sense you're talking about facial symmetrizing, another really big trend is somehow chiseling the face or increasing the angle of the jaw, but by doing it with some sort of chin enhancement. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this is something that you recommend to a lot of people that have a rhinoplasty, but it seems like you know it's really a huge trend going into this year. Again, I think it has to do with taking off your mask because people are going to be your, see your face again, and they want you want to come out of this pandemic being, hey, look how good I look. Well, you know, the interesting part: uh, a few years ago, the big trend was to div- to grow a beard. That was the big trend. A beard or a goatee or something like that. But really, it was. I've been doing it since 89. (laughs) (laughs) And really, the reason for many men to do that is because it makes them look like they have a chin. Uh, there are, it's so common to have facial imbalance and it, whether you'd like your nose or not, the idea is from a profile view, freshly shaven, if the chin sets back behind the base of the nose, then that weaker chin leads to an imbalance. It makes us look like our nose is bigger than it actually is. 
And uh, you lose, and this is in males and females. And that's why one of the most commonly paired surgeries with a rhinoplasty is a chin augmentation. Because usually what happens is everybody's focused on getting the nose done that they don't even notice what the impact of the chin can do. And if you look at some of the before and afters, even on our website, uh, you can see the dramatic impact that it can have. And there are multiple ways of doing it. You can either put a chin implant, you can actually uh, move the bone forward, you can use fillers or fat. But usually a silicone implant is one of the easiest ways to add volume to the chin permanently. And it goes under the special connective tissue of the bone. So once that's in, it's not like a breast implant. This isn't move. You don't have to replace it. This is yours for life. And uh, you don't feel it when you're leaning on your chin. Uh, that That is in place. But the dramatic effect that having appropriate facial balance uh, can have on the appearance is astounding. Yeah, I mean, and, and, it, and it really is for men and women. I, we see it all the time. Some people come and just want to do an injection to their face and do this and, and just kind of, in, kind of increase their jawline by giving more projection to their chin, mm-hmm. which then makes their neck also look a little more chiseled. And just to set it out, you, you, it's not like we're making, it, although we can, it's not like we're making the chin longer from the front. So we're not going Jay Leno. This is strictly a profile type of thing where it balances the face out. But the interesting part, remember, we're three dimensions. The reason why we see three-dimensionally are light and shadows. So if I have more volume in the chin, then arguably it will pick up just a hint more light. And that alone, the brain sees as a more chiseled and defined jawline. And so that's why it's, uh, it's a common uh, and very positive uh, procedure for many. And keeping with the trends for the face, um, something you have been doing a ton of is brow lift surgery, mm-hmm. but minimally invasive. And the reason I say this is there are multiple different ways to do a brow lift. Um, the old, old school way, you'd make a big cut in the scalp and just literally pull the whole scalp back. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Um, what we do do is minimally invasive or even endoscopic brow lifts. Dr. Lakey does a ton of these. And I feel like a ton more than you ever have. So to me, it's really a trend and it has Mm -hmm. been a trend. And I see you do it from young to old. Um, Elaborate on this a little. I think there are multiple reasons. Again, I know I keep going back to COVID, but I do think that people see how heavy the upper eyelid looks um, in their Zoom calls. The second thing is obviously when we look at the Bella Hadids and um, and things like that, where people have undergone these what we call temporal brow lifts, or not temporal brow lifts, but they've uh, the PDO threads and anything to kind of pull upward on the outer aspect of the brow. Listen, it looks more youthful. And so, you know, that's where the fox eye trend came from. I think that the reason, you know, that that is a combination of why we're getting it done. And so, you know, tiny little incision that are done in the temporal region behind the hairline. And we essentially just elevate the outer aspect of the brow. And what it does, it takes that outer hooding or heaviness to the brow and lifts it up and, you know, semi-permanently tacks it into place. And I say semi because we'll still age naturally and eventually it'll fall back to uh, the way it was. But, uh, you know, the reason why we do it in a facelift is because it's already fallen. Mm. 
The reason why I would do it in someone that's younger is because there is a genetic brow, what we call ptosis, and that's where the brow is heavier. And, uh, you know, that's the only time it would really be warranted in someone who's younger. Yeah, and it, and it makes a dramatic difference. I mean, it opens someone's face. Um, it makes them makes their eyes look bigger. It just, in, in general, but it's very natural. Don't think that, you know, some of these people you see with, with Botox where their brows are way up in the air. It's not like that. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's Plastic Stocks, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. Um, moving along into into other little trends is you know there are some new products that are out and and these are really exciting products um one of them being quo q w o it's it basically is an enzyme that breaks up fibrous bands for cellulite mm-hmm. cellulite's big problem and this this injectable product has shown some good promise um it looks like it can help now it's never going to completely eliminate it, but it takes maybe one or one to three sessions injecting this this product. So the fibrous bands that are causing these septae, what we call them, that are causing that appearance of the dimpling, they they basically get eaten up um, and they go away. And from the looks of it it looks pretty promising and it looks like something to treat cellulite. So that's one thing that's on the forefront. And then mm-hmm. there are a couple new injectables um, and there are some that are that are in the pipeline that we've been waiting for, there's a long-acting Botox um, from a company called Revance, um, and there's also some more biostimulating hormones um, like Sculptra that are supposed to come out. These have not come out yet, but they're exciting, and we're looking forward to them in 2022. Yeah, well, listen, the other trend that we will see, guaranteed, uh, is something that is called Elecor. And we've talked about it before in a different podcast. This is microcoring technology by a company called Citrellis. Now, I think I'm one of 10 surgeons in the country, we are, uh, that, have this, <laughs> that have this machine and we're involved in the testing phases. But I do feel because of this massive trend over the last year, year and a half of the upper lip lift, that this is going to be an option that is scarless, an option. Scarless upper lip lift. Now imagine, this is a series of hollow board needles that essentially core out the skin scarlessly. It's a certain diameter, so it doesn't leave a scar. But I can remove up to 8% of tissue. So if I draw a line from the base of the nose to the top of the lip and remove 8%, the lip shortens. Now I do that multiple times and it's equivalent to an upper lip lift minus some that sometimes horrid scar that develops And uh, I I do think that this is going to be a trend. It should be uh, available to the rest of the country, probably second or third quarter of this year. But stay tuned because uh, so far, uh, some of our, uh, you know, our evolving study is showing very promising results. It's a very, very cool new technology and um, can't wait to see the long-term results. Um, We're going to move along into some body procedures that we see are on a rise. It's something we've been doing in this practice for years. Years, but it's caught on now, and a lot of other practitioners are doing it. Something called a lipoabdominoplasty, basically a tummy tuck 
that also takes liposuction that makes you really contour the body. So prior to doing the tummy tuck at the same sitting, we liposuction the whole body and then do the tummy tuck. This is something that was kind of feared over the years because they thought that the blood supply to the flap for the tummy tuck would be lost if you did liposuction. But some brilliant, always Latin American plastic surgeons (laughs) who like to really push the Mm -hmm. limit showed us that it can be done safely if you maintain certain safety zones. Um, something we've been doing for a long time, I think it is, it's gonna catch on in the rest of the country because instead of giving you that just boxy flat appearance mm-hmm. of a tummy tuck, it gives you basically hills and valleys, makes the belly look more sculpted and generally just looks a ton better. Definitely, so much more natural. And so when you hide uh, you hide having surgery using those contours. It just, it can look amazing. So, And along the same route is the customized mommy makeover. And that's something, again, due to this whole COVID trend, a lot of babies are born. It's something we've been doing for years. We've been doing mommy makeovers together. We feel like it's better when you have two surgeons in there, we get people in and out faster. Mm-hmm. And basically we're talking about breast and body procedures, but the difference is really customizing it for each individual because one person may come in and want a breast lift with no implants. One would want a breast reduction. One may want breast implants that are bigger. So the breasts, they get to pick whatever they want, and then the belly too. Some people may need liposuction of their abdomen, flanks, back, inner and outer thighs. But the difference is we like to treat people after the surgery as well. <laughs> so everybody gets a customized plan using M-Sculpt. We may even put in some body tight to tighten skin in some areas and just combining surgical protocol with a non-invasive and minimally invasive protocol to really give you out-of-this-world results. And for us, listen, all of our surgical patients, we have a pre- and post uh, schedule for them up at the Social Wellness Center Remedy Place because we they get a uh, nutrient-filled IV both before and after surgery. Some patients will undergo hyperbaric oxygen afterwards because we want to reduce swelling. They have lymphatic massage. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that we do depending on what type of procedure they've had to help accelerate the healing process. And a lot of people will tell you this too. We're not the only two plastic surgeons to say this. Some of it is before surgery. A lot of it is the surgery itself, but there's a big component to how everything is going to look and feel to your post-operative protocol. Mm -hmm. And we really lay down a really nice post-operative protocol so you can really meet the expectations that we have for you and you have for yourself. And the mommy makeover is a great segue into the next trend, and that is really doing a breast lift with what's called an auto-augmentation. A lot of people are shying away from implants, and so the options now, outside of an implant, are really uh, to lift the breast, but we we rearrange your own breast tissue as a particular implant. Some people have called it the pocket lift. Other people have had an autologous sling. You know, there's all kinds of things that can be done. But the idea is you take the mound of breast tissue that's hanging below the crease and you put it back up as an implant and then you tailor the breast tissue around it. And it can look like you've had an augmentation. And so I think the you know you can attest because you do the majority of these. I mean, this is probably one of the most common procedures that I do in this, or we do actually in this, in this practice lately because there is a trend to not wanting implants. And if you have enough breast tissue, oh wow, are you gonna look good? Mm-hmm. Because we can make your breasts a little bit smaller, 
lift them, but with your own breast tissue, create that pop that you're looking for with an implant, but you never have to worry about an implant. And that really kind of segues into the other really common thing that's been going on is people don't want implants, so they want their implants out. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of talk about breast implant illness. There's been a lot of talk about textured implants causing ALCL. And again, we can talk about all those things in a different podcast, but people are scared. Um, I don't think you should be scared for breast implants. If you have implants, they're safe and we continually put them in, but some people confirmed don't want them with, anymore. Confirmed with data and uh, thousands of implants. And so, um, you know, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and some people just don't want them. So what, are, what is the, the, the option? If you take your implant out, um, you're gonna, some, some people are going to be left with, you know, an empty skin envelope that needs to be filled with something. And lately, the biggest trend is basically robbing from Paul to pay Peter, right? Peter or the to pay other See? I don't even know. See, you have a Jew talk to you like that. Um, but really what it comes down to is liposuction in areas that you want to remove fat, process that fat, and inject it back into the breast. Mm-hmm. And it can fill that, vo- that void that has been created by the implant that was there. We have beautiful before and afters. I'm talking about a year later that the fat has stayed and it looks just like a breast augmentation. Now, this can be done with a breast implant as well if you want to inject around the implant to kind of take away the rippling or take away the what's called implant show. Fat can be put anywhere, but we've been putting more and more on the breast. A lot of people ask me, is it safe? It is absolutely safe. We have imaging that can easily show if it's a if it's a breast lesion versus a fat or fat necrosis, we do it for breast cancer reconstruction. It is a huge trend using fat to volumize areas, whether it's the face, the butt, and now really the breast. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to get rid of your implants and put new one, new volume in and actually look really good in an area that had liposuction. So a couple more things that I want to show you, uh, newer trends. Um, you know, obviously not everybody is, uh, is a candidate for surgery and things like that, but there are options. Radio frequency has been such a, a game changer with us, um, you know, in the field of skin tightening. And I think that's going to be a trend that continues. So external radio frequency skin tightening, whether it's penetrating the skin like a Morpheus, uh, you know, or profound, or uh, it's even just like a hot rock massage using the Forma or some t- equivalent. Um, the other thing is that high intensity focused electromagnetic energy in the form of M-Sculpt. I think that uh, using something that will recruit the entire muscular unit will decrease fat, increase muscle mass, and tighten skin at the same time, I think that's the trifecta, the holy grail of uh, what we're looking for in the midsection. And if you haven't tried M-Sculpt, um, once you try it, you'll believe it. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those things where you know I can talk to you about a billion things, but the M-Sculpt machine you sit on, you walk out of here after and you feel like your abs really had a workout. Mm-hmm. So it makes you feel really like you went to the gym, like, yeah. but you really didn't. So it's, a, it's kind of a cool way to do that. And minimally invasive procedures, I think what Dr. Lakey talked about with Elicor and, and what we're talking about with radio frequency, I think they will continually evolve. Mm-hmm. And next year, we're going to do trends for 2023 and watch. We're going to talk about more and an exciting new technology that has come out that hopefully won't take place of us as surgeons, but at the same time will really help us give you those amazing results that we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, and I think this is something that's been around, but it's becoming even more evident, is doing 
micro lipo or doing tiny areas of fat removal. And we see a lot of that in Beverly Hills. Um, Men and women that are just perfect. Everything looks great, but they have a little bulge around their knee or they have a little fat pocket what we see at the tail of the breast or around the bra roll. These are areas that can easily, easily be taken care of multiple different modalities. Dr. Lakey talked about Kybella. Mm-hmm. We can inject Kybella and it really can reduce fat in an area that's, that's injected. You may need two injections, but doing micro liposuction under local anesthesia, you don't have to go to sleep, tiny hidden incision and getting rid of that fat is something that I think is going to become more and more popular because people are more and more in shape and they just want to take care of that tiny little flaw that's bothering them. Yep, liposculpting. I think that's definitely going to be a, a, you know an inc- improved and increased trend. So, well, listen, I know that we've thrown a lot at you. There are several trends that are going to happen this year, some that are going to be more prevalent than others, but you heard it here first. Uh, thank you. You know, I, the idea is... For those who do not want to undergo any type of procedures or, uh, or things like that, remember that a good skincare regimen is always going to help. And, uh, you know, some of the trends that we can talk about, at least coming out from our, you know, anytime I mention our skincare line, Beverly Hills MD, it's not that you have to get these, but I want you to look for these trends forming in other brands as well. You know, obviously, we have a new uh, eye cream that's going to happen, uh, you know, uh, revive and renew hydrating eye cream that's going to happen coming up soon. And the, because the lower eyelid skin is so delicate and it really needs something that's going to work. But we see these things uh, all over. Uh, and, and one thing you don't see is that we're, uh, we're going to use some of these actives on body treatments. So... Uh, the one thing uh, that I'm going to say is that we are going to have a body retinol type of uh, solution because we, not only do we want a retinol solution for the face for cellular turnover, but we also want in the body for you know dry knees and elbows and just that skin that becomes scaly. And the next big trend that you will see, because we are realizing that aging occurs from the inside out, uh, we can put topicals on all day long and it helps preserve but really we need to change from the inside out. And so we happen to have one called Dermal Repair Complex. We are going to come out with another one called Ella Boost, which we're looking at improving elastin uh, function. And so just, you know, be on the lookout for collagen bars and, you know, things like this where we can help boost the material that the body needs to improve from the inside out. So Awesome. I think we went over all the trends. Um, Anything else that we see is really happening over the next six months or so, we'll bring it up. Um, If you guys have any questions about trends that you think that are going to happen, or if if there's something that you're interested in that we don't talk about, please click that email button, send us an email and let us know. Yeah. Follow Um, us, you know, give us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And so, you know, good and the bad. We love hearing just so we can critique ourselves and get better. So absolutely. You know, again, thank you so much for listening to us again. I'm Dr. John Lakey. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Poor. You can listen to us on the Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your podcast. Peace. iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. 
Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.